Welcome everyone to the Game Vault Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Tonight we'll be discussing what we want from our quote-unquote forever games as a service, and we'll be reviewing our retro roulette game, Final Fantasy VIII for the Sony PlayStation. But before we get to that, what have you guys been playing? I know it's been a busy couple of weeks, so, uh, and I know Mark has something shiny and new sitting at his house, so maybe we'll let him start. Okay. Well, first off, guys, I did it. I finally did it. I finished Trails in the Sky first chapter. Yay! It only took five <laughs> weeks of saying it was the last one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> technically three, but, um, and apparently saying the word twa activated a spam porn bot to come into oh, our comments <laughs> um, on YouTube. But, uh, that's the secret. Yep. That's the secret word. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, after, for those of you that didn't watch, um, last Thursday, um, I, or the Thursday before, because this comes out next week, not the Thursday, just past the one before, um, I had gone five hours, because I was pretty sure I was near the end of the game, and then I did get to the end, and then died on the final form of the final boss. Um, I realized that I was entirely way under-leveled, because he, most of his hits were taking all of my health. So I took Saturday, uh, grinded for about eight hours, um, Dear and Lord. got everybody up to level 40. <laughs> and most importantly, as those of you that tuned into the stream found out, learned the spell Earthwall, which... Which is the most OP spell of all time. Mm-hmm. Basically, Earthwall is a multi-target, your, your enemy, like your uh, party, multi-target hit spell uh, there's a better word for it a- aoe well uh, it's not an ex- yeah I, I usually say that for damage spells more than buffers but yeah essentially the same thing um that gives you the spell earth guard which means you can take one hit without taking damage um no matter what it is it could be a special move it could be anything and you take one hit so um I breezed through the first fight, didn't really have to heal. I just healed because I remember you didn't really heal up between. So I made sure everybody was full of everything before taking out the uh, Colonel Dick. Um, <laughs> and you, you can see that on, on the stream if you watch it on YouTube. I literally take an entire ter- entire round to just give my guys magic again, to have full magic. And then I just hit them uh, to finish it off. Get to the second fight. That one was way easy. Um, just because I kind of knew the trick at that point, that one person you hit with magic, one person you hit with physical. Um, so I destroyed that. And then the third part, my plan worked out. I got the limit breaks or the S crafts as they call in this game. And the way the final boss works is if you hit him with an S craft, he does a, a thing that's supposed to be like a one hit kill. But if your character has earth guard, he does the one-hit kill spell. It does no damage. So, which which is why this is the most OP spell of all time. <laughs> so, is this like a is this like a glitch that's not meant to happen in the game, no, or is no. it like a secret that is? No, meant it's to a high-end spell. Got um, it. Okay. It's like level three defense or something like that on the little orbaments, uh-huh. um, which takes a lot to get. You need like two thousand of the crystals and all. Which, from grinding for eight hours, I had 2,000 crystals. I even got an achievement that said, hey, buddy, you know you can sell these for money. (laughs) (laughs) It was literally the achievement, because I had, like, 2,000 in each category. (laughs) Um, So, we did that, and uh, you can hear in the video, my voice is like, aha, as soon as it happens, like, this fight's over. Mm -hmm. Because he basically can't kill me. Um, the, The only time I did get one guy killed was because 
the way the turns went, I didn't get a chance to earth guard him. But thankfully, the other three had earth guard. He didn't, so he died. I raised him with one character, and then I hit him with a full life cure with another one, and then it was over. Nice. Um, and we wiped it out. Um, and then the one of the better ending, uh, mainly because this has turned out to be so far a trilogy, um, ending like montage of scenes like you go through. It's a long ending after you win the final battle. I think there's another hour. That's an, um, that's an understatement, Mark. That's the longest like yeah final cutscene I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yeah, I think it's about an hour. Um, it's an it was an hour and a half fight. Um, being overpowered. Um, oh. so um, it's just the way the turn system works. I guess I could have clocked everyone up and got more turns in and done it quicker, but I just wanted to stay alive, so I let it go a little slowly. Um, but yeah, it. The end is great. And I don't say that lightly. The the twist of everything we could have guessed, and no, none of our joke things came true. That would have been amazing. <laughs> um, but kind of. Um, <laughs> Dom knows what I'm kind of referring to. Yep. Um, and there's a reveal of a character, and there's a scene that looks like the end of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> That's like the first thing is that yeah. scene that looks like Return of the Jedi. There's uh, there's a girl talk scene, mm-hmm. multiple girl talk scenes, actually. Yeah, oh. that's, so, and it's like all it is is just girl talk. That's for, all her scenes are in this in the ending. It's all like, like 15 like, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like essentially, essentially all of her stuff. And this isn't spoiling anything for you, Jen. It's everybody essentially saying to itself, you fucking idiot. We know you love him. Uh like, you're not hiding it well, girlfriend, essentially, yep. <laughs> um, with every interaction she had with a female character. Of course, yeah. Um, even even Sid, <laughs> you know, and uh, the the other one, Agate, I think it was, um, were basically like, aha, yeah, you guys, you guys look good together, you know, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, that was real fun. But yeah, that twist and then the end of the end of the game. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it went from being like a seven to an eight with just that ending. I don't know if you agree, Tom, in terms of. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say so. It, it's a solid seven. And then the fact that it has such a interesting ending, it definitely brings up a notch. Wow. It makes you make, want to play second chapter like, like immediately. immediately. Wow. <laughs> um, so God, I couldn't imagine playing that game and then needing the wait. Like, you know? And it was a long wait. It wasn't just like a year. Yeah. It was like five years until the next game yeah so it was really good jen you have to watch it um i I know i have to (laughs) i will it's really good i'll try to watch um so yeah i highly recommend uh uh uh, trails in the sky i keep wanting to say tales because i've been been messing around thinking of playing tales of berseria again picking that up again um but uh yeah i highly recommend it it's make sure you are in your mid-30s level wise when you get to the final boss you know, don't try to do it at 28. <laughs> yeah, so. 20, 28 was a mistake. Granted, yeah. you didn't do any side quests. So. Zero side quests or grinding. I'm sure that would help. And I ran away from a million battles. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the look that I got to the final form of the final boss without really doing anything is kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing I did with Wild Arms. I basically learned the trick of that game and then didn't really need the grind. You know, I learned which arm did the most damage and was the most OP mm-hmm. and just loaded up on ammunition on that arm. And that's what I thought I was going to do with this. But this was a little more traditional. 
So, yeah, that was great. Uh, what Tom alluded to, and part of the reason why I'm thinking of picking up uh, Tales of Seria again, um, is I did get the uh, the PlayStation 5. My PS5 came in. Ooh. So it is huge. Yep. Uh, mine comes tomorrow, hopefully. <laughs> is it is it a binder, Mark? Did you actually just receive a binder? It, 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 <laughs> it looks like a router. Okay. Um, but no, no, it was, it's an actual PS5. <laughs> the The biggest question is, where did you put it? Because I'm trying to figure out where to put the damn thing. Uh, if it, I had this really big space that was where my Xbox One was that sat horizontal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just put it there vertically. And there's it's it, it, the space was the only reason the Xbox one was there was because it kept overheating where in the other spots I put it in, mm-hmm. like under my TV and my in in my uh, TV thing here. Um, so it's been fine so far. The number one thing uh, you can if you putting this through a splitter, like I have the Phillips like four HDMI in one and you can use a remote to go between them. Mm-hmm. Um you have to make sure the thing going from the Phillips to the TV is also the high-end cable. Correct. Or you just plug it in directly, which is what I had to end up doing. Because if you're trying to run it through a lower-end, the, low, the level down HDMI, I would keep losing picture every so often. Yeah. Like, older HDMI cables can't handle 4K60 yeah. um, yeah. signals, so sometimes they'll drop out and give you problems. Yeah, so I was playing NBA 2K1, and then I would lose fixture in the middle of the game. For some, like, some HDMI switchers can't do it either, so that's probably another problem. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, 10 seconds of no screen playing a sports game. Um, <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's like, oh, what else? see? Oh, they missed the shot. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Keeps it interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so figured that out. Um, I played Astrobot. Um, Astrobot's fun. Um, I played through the first level and sort of poked around the thing. And, yeah, it's it seems pretty fairly easy. I mean, it's meant for children. Um, so uh, but it is fun. And, and the way they integrate uh, all the Sony stuff in there is pretty fun. And the little side scenes of people reenacting of the uh, little ask the bots reenacting games um, is pretty cool. Um, some of them I'm looking at like, oh, oh, I get what game that is now. Um <laughs> That's real fun. Um, then aforementioned NBA 2K1 looks spectacular. Um, I didn't think it'd be much of a difference because I had it. I, I'm glad I had the comparison of I had I had uh, the last gen version on Xbox One and just the movement and the way the characters look realistic in terms of how they play basketball is amazing. Like there's no like there's still some of the funky stuff when doing certain things where it's like okay i didn't want him to do that why is he like completely spinning and going out of bounds um you know because it's got to finish the animation um but besides that the the models look great the the arenas look fantastic and like i said it looks like real basketball for the most part um there's not much video gaminess to it if 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 people have played a lot of these games recently kind of get what i'm saying in terms of that um you know, when a shot misses, it looks like it misses and not just it was a random number generator that made it miss. Um, right. There's different bounces off the rim. Like, it looks like a game. Like, the the physics and all are real good. Getting um, to that uncanny valley yet? Not really. Um, it's close. But but the faces still look like, you know, video, video game video faces. Game. They look <laughs> real good. Like, as good as you can probably get it. Like, Last of Us too good in terms of faces. Right. But... It's more how the bodies look on the court, you know, 
they move like humans. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, not characters. like a bunch of polygons. Yeah. Um, which is the most amazing part. Um, so what else? Uh, I bought Modern Warfare for the PS5. Um, <laughs> so that I could play that. Uh, which led me to my first PS5, like, hard, like uh, purchase. Um, uh, I went to the GameStop um, to get Modern Warfare used, used um, which is funny. The price I paid for it used is what it's now on sale for digitally. So I couldn't just save myself the trip. Wow. Um, but it was also two and a half weeks ago, so or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, you got to your, – your time yeah. is money, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just wanted it then. But um, – this is leading into I got Watchdog Legion or Watch Dogs Legion um, for like twenty bucks new. Wow! It was like yeah, new new. Like there's a code where I could get like stuff that that actually works. Oh. Um, but yeah, I I walked up with the box to the guy. I was like, is this right? Like to the twenty bucks, and he looked at it. And he was like, well, if it isn't, the sticker's on there. So yep. <laughs> so you get it. <laughs> yeah. And he did the most whispered thing I've had in a long time at a video game store. You know when they ask you for the, you know, do you want to get the warranty and all on that? Yeah. yeah. And he leaned in. He was like, I was like, ah, no, because, you know, you do that. Nah, I don't, I don't really need it, you know. And he was like, you should get it on Watch Dogs. What? I'm like, why? He's like, because if this is a price error and the game breaks, you'll probably have to pay $60. But with the $1, you know, warranty thing, you'll get it, you know, for free or 20 bucks. Oh, wow. and I was like, give me that extra thing for a dollar. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that for a dollar. That's um, funny. Yeah, but it was like a whisper. <laughs> yeah. Like, you want to get it on Watch Dogs. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I played a little bit of Watch Dogs uh, Legion. It's fun. It's just really unforgiving in terms of staying stealth. Um, but I like the concept so far. We'll see. I'm about an hour or two in. It might get really shitty and boring. Um which it's a type of game that would lead into our topic later. Um, and I guess the only other thing I played is I just uh, started up a randomizer on Link to the Past, uh, which, again, will come up later. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, essentially just playing playing some of my PS5 stuff and then, you know, grinding in trails for most of my Saturday. <laughs> uh, so it has been fun, Tom. Um, word advice, Tom. Yep. Make sure your PS4 is still hooked up okay. when you hook up your PS5. Yeah, I'm planning on having them both hooked up and on at the same time Correct. for the for the uh, transfer. And transfer is so much easier. Like, I, I went through the process of putting everything in the cloud. Oh, no, 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 no. And then, <laughs> no, 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 like sort of copying it to the cloud. Right, I'm just, just going to copy it. And, then, and gonna... then when I did this, you turn on the PS4, turn on the PS5, and it's just like, Oh, we recognize them on the same network. Do you want to transfer? Click a button, transferred. Yeah, I'm oh. even gonna I'm even gonna go so far as to connect them directly together via Ethernet. So they say that that makes it faster. So we'll see. We'll it was see. about eight minutes for me. So I mean, it's not too bad. Yeah, I don't um, have a I don't have that much on my PS4. So I mean, you can do it if if you want to make it faster, but it wasn't that long. You know, I did it that I was doing it while we were trying to help Jen fix her streaming stuff. That's what oh, I was okay. doing um, that day, was letting that transfer. Um, unfortunate thing, cannot transfer PT. So oh, I don't know. No. So, you, so you can never sell that PS, you can never get rid no, of that PS4. That PS4 is a, will be cherished <laughs> and taken care of for every extra life. Yes. 
it must, it must think, live on. I think I might be able to copy PT onto an external hard drive. Um, I don't. You can try. I don't know if it'll let you even do it. Do that because of, I'm I'm not going to do it anytime soon. But I'm thinking that's my only other option. I, and I would say copy it. No, yes. don't move yeah. it. It's just a yeah. copy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, and that's another cool thing, Tom. You can any game you have currently installed on your PS4, you can just have them download and install it right on the PS5. Nice. Um, so you don't have to go through it. It gives you a whole list of your games that are downloaded. You can checkbox them. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm hoping for a smooth experience. And remember, PS5 I'll... games are over 100 gigs each. So lovely. I'm thinking I haven't even purchased a game yet. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to get. I think I want to get Miles Morales just because I need something different. I've been playing. I feel like I've been playing RPGs constantly and I just need something different. Yeah. So that's been my experience this week. Okay. Uh, Jen, have you have you gotten back together with Dead by Daylight? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We got back together. Me and Dead by Daylight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The new chapter dropped. Um, so I've been playing not as the new killer, because if you guys caught the stream where I was testing the PTB, I was god awful as the new killer. Um, he has like rapid fire knife throwing that I have a really hard time with, except if I'm trying to hit everything except the person I'm trying to kill. So <laughs> I've been playing as the new survivor, which is really fun. She her perks kind of suck, in my opinion, um, or they don't I should say they don't fit my play style would be the nicer way to put it. Okay. Um, but I like how she looks. I think she looks really cool. So I'm basically just leveling her up and putting all of my other perks on her. So I'm not really using her perks at all. Um, <laughs> so you're doing the thing where you're double double uh, classing a character. Yep. Just because exactly. they suck as their normal class. Yeah. Yeah. Her her perks that she comes with are to me they're almost anti teamwork sort of, and like my play style is more altruistic because i'm usually playing with at least one other person that's a friend of mine so i actually care about what's happening to them too Mm -hmm. um if i'm soloing maybe her perks will come in handy a bit more but that's just not my play style so yeah i've been using my older perks on her and it's been totally fine um dead by daylight is more than ever important for me to play with other people um and i and i play survivor mainly so being on a team with team with randoms has been really painful and terrible and boring and frustrating. So I kind of I'm getting to the point where I only want to play it when I'm playing with friends, which kind of sucks because I used to play this game all the time solo with people I didn't know. And it was really fun for me. And now it's just like I can't enjoy it because there's just the more people that discover this game and pick it up, the more overly competitive people that you go up against and I just can't, I don't even care about my rank anymore. Well, I've come a long way enough to say that. It's more <laughs> like I just, I hate the long load times to get into a game and then have a killer face camp me for however long right off the bat and then just have to get thrown back into the waiting room again. And I feel like that's all that happens now. It's just constant like being camped and tunneled and it sucks. So it's, it's so. turning into Call of Duty, it sounds like. Yeah, it just it's not I I don't know. I don't think it's it's starting to become not worth the wait time for me. Um but at least when I'm with friends and I'm streaming it, I have things to do aside from just sitting there waiting. So right. and and kill your friends. Yeah. And that's another thing. That's that's a good point, Mark. I've been playing more Kill Your Friends lately, which is literally just a custom game where um you can play with up to 5, well, technically more than that, but 
one person is the killer and then four people are the survivors and we always just rotate through who's being the killer and we have more of a wholesome experience with it where we're still murdering each other but we're not camping and tunneling each other right. so, family friendly you're... murder yeah family friendly <laughs> murder pg-13 murder <laughs> so good. yeah that's what i've been dealing with with dead by daylight but having more fun than i was when it was 100 percent broken so is it, there's that that's an improvement yeah. Um, still in love with Phasmophobia. Never going to stop playing it. I'm almost at level 500. Jesus. Which, okay, <laughs> to you guys sounds like really probably kind of impressive. To me, all of the people that I'm watching that I have been watching since the beginning play this are now at like 2500 plus. Whoa. So I'm like, I have a long way to go. <laughs> you got to get good, Jen. I know. I got to get good. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> Um, Phasmo is still going through a ton of beta updates. It's amazing. The game is going in a great direction. They're making it harder. And I can't wait for it to come out on console and have more people play with me. Although a lot of people do play with me co- currently, which is nice too. Um, so yeah, that's been will, fun. Will they allow you to uh, have two ghosts at the same time? <laughs> probably not (laughs) somebody had an interesting idea so right now if people listening don't know um you can have up to four of you including yourself on the ghost team the ghost hunting team and then one ghost which is ai controlled um somebody suggested instead of walking into one haunted house with one ghost you have like the end of a street with maybe three or four houses and you have to figure out which of the houses is haunted so that would be you know a lot of time going through each house um so that could be interesting i mean that wasn't anything that the developer suggested it was like a fan suggestion but the community is really for the most part part very nice and positive which is a polar opposite of dead by daylight um where everyone is just really friendly and trying to help each other for again for the most part um the developer is a really has a really small team with him he's really the main the main developer and then everyone else kind of assists with the community aspect of it so it's just like a very close knit community um, and their content creators are streamers. So they appreciate their streamers, which is nice as well. So it's just it's just a nice little little game right now and it's getting better. So I'm excited and I'm sure, Mark, you're glad that now I have friends to play with and you don't have to play Phasmo with me anymore. <laughs> oh, man. So broken up about it. I know. I, you know, you might have fun if you played it with me now, now that I know what I'm doing and I'm not scared of it anymore. Well, you play with literal death, so... Yes, I play with literal death now, so... (laughs) I've leveled up my game. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, besides Phasmo and Dead by Daylight, um, playing Apex Legends, ESO a little bit, uh, Monster Hunter Rise is pretty cool. I haven't played it as much as I'd like to because I just don't have time, but um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, I've been playing with Jonathan, which has been nice, uh, and my friend Manny. Um, and I'm slowly going through the level one rating challenges now so I can keep leveling up and get more big monsters to beat and level up my armor. And I'm, I'm just really trying to find that perfect armor outfit so that I wind up cosplaying as it. (laughs) That's my stupid goal right now. You're just trying to find cosplay ideas at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm cosplay hunting in Monster Hunter Rise. Um, (laughs) And I didn't mention Apex in my game because what I do in that game barely counts as playing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, I could say the same thing for myself, really. Well, so I want to. So real quick, I guess let's get everybody's opinion on Apex so far. Okay. Um, compared to Call of Duty, 
uh, I guess don't compare it to Plunder because Plunder is its own thing. So I would say compare it to like uh, the regular Call of Duty thing that we that we would have played. And do you and are you enjoying it as much or more? Are you referring to like old school deathmatch or um, no, like battle royale? Battle Royale, because it's essentially the same thing. Okay. Uh, I I feel like it's easier to get kills in Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah. It's this game, unless there's some secret that we don't know about yet, I feel like we would have found out by now because of our coach Sam. Um, I feel like like Mark just said, Apex. It's like it's so easy to get killed. It's so fast. Like I half the time I can't even get out of the way before I'm I'm killed. And at least in Call of Duty, you have like some opportunity to get out of the way and then like you have an opportunity to get close to people in call of duty and actually use a shotgun where i feel like in apex you're getting sniped half the time or you're getting hit with an energy rifle from someone who's really far away and and it's just i don't know there's like no no close combat i feel like in apex i could be missing something here but no don't you feel I- like it, it's hard it's like we're always getting picked off from pretty far away yeah i'm with you see well uh me and you, I feel like, are more close combat types of uh, shooter players, and that is definitely not what this game is, uh, which is difficult to adjust to, which we've found. Um, but and I, mean, I felt that there's also uh, more forgiveness, maybe because the game started off on console, um, there's more forgiveness to a controller player in Call of Duty than in this game. Yeah, I, well, I mean, Apex started out as a uh, technically as a console game too it's technically in the titanfall universe so yeah um and i don't know why it it feels like i know aim would be better if i was mouse and keyboard but yeah. it just feels like in this game it's like it, there's like a there's a bigger golf than in any other first person shooter i've ever played and that includes you know playing with the controller in a in a PUBG. yeah you know i mean i feel like the movement is way better in in apex but to me the the actual gameplay and and fighting is like way harder than it needs to be i don't know why it just is it I, like we've been playing for like four weeks now mm-hmm. and i think i have like 12 kills yeah if we're, if we're playing call of duty i'd have quadruple that i, I at think. least yeah the other yeah. thing is like i feel like every time we were we're going up against Another team were getting hit by a second team somewhere off in the distance. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of sitting back and, and picking us off as we're fighting somebody else, which I guess we got to get better. I don't know. I, we, we do have to get good, but we do um, have to get good. Oh, we're not we're not we're not bashing the game. It's just way yeah. more. It's got a way more and, sharp yeah. learning curve than 100%. Call of Duty. And yeah. I like the Gulag system better than the batter system here. In terms of getting back in the game. Yeah. And I, I hate I hated the gulag. But <laughs> compared to having to run in to literal certain death to pick up your teammates, whatever they call it, dog tags essentially, and then bring them to a respawn and hope there's no one camping the respawn, like it's insane. You literally have to leave the area completely, wait a while, hope your teammate doesn't die, and then go back and hope that that original team isn't still there. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I will. I will definitely agree there. Um, yeah, I, the other problem is we don't play enough. The people who play the game that we go up against, I'm sure play 
four to five times a week, and we play yeah. once a week. Well, so. the crazy thing is, too, which makes me feel bad, <laughs> we're in the unranked matches. Like, we have to get so many kills, I think, or ho- whatever the, the thing is, before you, you rank, even get into ranked. ranked. Yeah, yeah, so we're we're going up against these people who are so much better than us, and they're not even ranked. It's just like, wow, how much more difficult is this game going to get? As we get better, it's going to get exponentially more difficult. It's it's been fun though. I I've been enjoying it. It's not like I loathe it at the end I, of the day. The, I'll good. give it one thing though. Rounds I feel like you can last a lot longer. In yeah. Call of Duty, I feel like you, you would just get smoked immediately all the time. Uh I feel like there's more chance to get weapons and survive. You it's not like everybody's on top of each other. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. Uh we'll we'll get there. We'll get to, we'll win one eventually. We yeah, never we won. We never won. We never won in Call of Duty. We o- we only won in Plunder. So yeah, we'll get yep. there. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess I, I I of course because it's me. I've I'm continuing a casual playthrough of Final Fantasy VII. Um, because I just it's like Mark and playing a randomizer. It just happens every once in a while. You just sit down and go, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep playing. I started a. I started a game, who knows how long, I'd just pick up that save and go. Because mm-hmm. the part that I'm at in the game is actually like the interesting part, where like things actually happen to the main characters, where I need you to get to eventually, Jen, so we can talk <laughs> I was waiting it. for that. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's actually like the interesting part of the game when characters start figuring out who they are. But uh, we'll get there. We'll get you there. And now that you now that you have remake, you should totally play that too. By yes. the way, yeah, um, I just need to get an external hard drive. Thanks to Call yeah. of Duty, or just get rid of Call of Duty. We don't even play it, so I'm so get close, <laughs> so close <laughs> to deleting it and being so happy about it, and being able to actually play games on your PS4 again. Yeah, that day will be great. Um, the other thing I've been playing, I've been continuing my Chain of Memories playthrough for Kingdom Hearts. Um, I just, I still, I. I don't know whose idea this this battle system was, but they should be smacked because <laughs> um, it doesn't know what it wants to be. I'm going to say this. I probably said this multiple times already. I'm going to continue saying it. Um, it is a it's not a card. It's it's a card based action game. So you have to select cards while being attacked, like in real time. If it was just a card game or just an action game, it would be fine. But the <laughs> fact that you have to scroll through cards to do anything while being attacked and having to avoid and uh avoid being hit and stuff it's just like way too complicated and i'm losing the to i'm losing battles over and over and over and i'm changing like my strategy every time and just nothing working and there's no real grinding because it's not really that it's more luck based i would say just you're lucky if you don't get hit by super high cards from the other from the from the thing you're attacking it's just like it's it's frustrating and there's like no information on the game like you can't watch a playthrough of it because nobody played it because they all hate it which i i can totally understand why people hate this game um i just want to get through it so i can get to the good ones like i want to play birth by sleep and i want to play kingdom hearts 2 again and i don't know it's just frustrating because it should not be this difficult and I'm like 15 hours into the game wow. and I feel like I've accomplished nothing. It's it's rough. 
I've gotten through three worlds, I think. Like the the one world, and then I've gone to um, Agrabah and um, the uh, Olympus, and I'm on uh, what's it called now? Oh, um, I'm drawing a blank. This is terrible. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, which is annoying in the regular game. So involving cards all of a sudden just makes it that much worse. So, <laughs> oh, God, uh, just uh, I can just hear the frustration in your voice, and we just imagine you playing uh, uh, games uh, like Triple Triad and things outside of of the actual game itself. Well, like it's Triple just... Triad is to- is a card game. I can get oh, behind cards. No, it's not. It's not the same. Like a card game, you have a chance to look at your cards, come up with an idea or a strategy, and you don't have to worry about getting hit by something while you're doing it. That's the problem. Like I'm trying to figure out what card to use, and I'm getting I'm getting attacked and attacked and attacked, and I'm dead. It's just like like Triple Triad. You don't have to worry about something like that. Or um. What's the one from Final Fantasy IX? Um, what's the card game in that one called? I forget. I, the only other thing I got in my head is Gwent. Right. Ooh, yeah, Gwent. Like, I have no problem with a card game. I'm fine with that. I'm cool. I like card games. I like action games. But when they're stuck together like this, it just <laughs> doesn't work. Because it it's it's just, like, frenetic. And there's no rhyme or reason. And I'm just trying to... I'm still... The, I think my problem is I'm still trying to play it like an action game. I'm trying to play it like just Kingdom Hearts, but it just doesn't work that way. So I'll keep playing, and hopefully I'll have better news next week. Maybe the PS5 is what I need. Maybe playing it on PS5 will make it better. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> that that that's what they want you to say, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's Sony paying me to say that. I wish I wish Sony was paying me to say that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Um, I've just been like waiting for the PS5 to show up so I can just move everything over and try to do everything on that. All right. So, um, some interesting stories coming out after last week, after we talked, talked about Sony shutting down their stores and stuff. Uh, Jen has a couple stories for us this week. Yep. Um, so first off, I have some good and then bad news for anyone out there. Who's really into mobile gaming. Oh no. I know it's not you guys, so you're okay. I'll be right back. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so I don't I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Lenovo announced they are coming out with the Legion Phone Dual 2, which is a gaming phone. Um, so I'll I'll go into the interesting stuff first and then I'll get to the bad news. So this phone has two USB C ports, two back cameras, a front camera that actually pops up from the side of the camera, like an actual little pop-up um, lens. It also has built-in cooling fans because it's so powerful. Um, it has a trigger keys option for gaming, and it comes with an update to the existing Lenovo Legion Realm mobile app, which has a brand-new gaming store in it okay. as well. Um, and then on the technical side, it has 888 5G mobile platform, 18 gigs of memory, and 512 gigs of storage. Um, the so it's phone, computer. yeah, the screen is almost seven inches, and it has 144 hertz refresh rate. So pretty yeah. impressive. That's that sound. That sounds like someone whose screen is six inches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Having to talk about all the other things. No, no, no it's it, it's almost seven. 
It's almost seven. It's 6.92 inches, if you want to get specific. <laughs> uh, that also sounds like no. somebody's screen. It probably isn't that big. No. <laughs> the gaming phone thing has been tried before. Mm-hmm. Razer has tried it previously. Like, it had 144 hertz refresh rate and all that other stuff. But it, I don't, it doesn't sound like this sounds way more powerful than that was. But who is this? Who is this for? Um. Well, not the for, casual gamer. Does it say is it for the Japanese it's market? For, it's just for Jenny, I think. That's it's it. for me specifically. So, um, it is coming out in China first, April of 2021. Yep. So a full go. year from now. Uh, then it's supposed to hit Europe in May of 21, and then the U.S. is undecided right now. Um, they but European, what? They won't do the U.S. Yeah, they what will. Razor yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll no see. One I'm just saying those other countries have are much more mobile friendly in terms of uh gaming. Well, Mark, well, once once lockdowns end, people are gonna want to go out and like do things and then they'll need they'll need to play on the go. I was May I say, introduce you to the Nintendo Switch, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> this is way smaller than the Switch. What happens when no one can get a GPU ever again, which is what's happening now, and then they're gonna have to turn to using phones. That's also a good uh, that's I well, what happens? Does this do they does the chip shortage uh have a uh cause any problems with this thing? Who knows? We'll find that's, out. It's supposed that, to come out in a year from now, so oh well, a year from now we should not. I'm gonna knock on every piece yeah, you better knock on wood me. right now. <laughs> uh, we should hopefully be fixed by then, I would imagine, a year from yep. now. Yep, um, but yeah. The reason I was saying it's not for the casual gamer is because the European price starts at 999 pounds. Well, an iPhone's what? A thousand dollars? Twelve hundred dollars? So, I mean, I could. It's not that bad. But how many people actually outright buy their iPhone for that much money? No, nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody purchases it for MSRP. They all do the pay right. plan. Exactly. So we'll see. Um. So getting getting to the interesting part. So I'll just briefly just describe the, what it looks like. So um, it on the front has a nice flat plate glass, you know, nothing special there. But in back, it is very interesting looking. It's broken into three sectioned off areas, like plainly sectioned off. The mm-hmm. center part um, is a square rectangle. And that's where all of the main hardware components of the phone, for the most part, are stored. I know the fans are in there and everything else. The cameras are in the middle. And then the center on each end, um, aside from the center, um, are one large battery on each side. So it, this thing needs two batteries. <laughs> um, and I was looking into reviews. So the people who have gotten this phone in their possession so far say it's extremely heavy because it has all this stuff in it. And it seems very solid. And overall, it just it looks really somebody described it as looking like a transformer in the shape of a phone. It's just very technical looking and really over the top fancy and definitely what you would imagine a gaming phone to look like. Now I need to look this up. Yes. So you should look it up while I'm, while I'm giving you the bad news. Okay. <laughs> so unfortunately, I came across a video from YouTuber Jerry Rig Everything. Okay. Um, he does this thing where he puts a lot of his tech, his new tech that he gets through a bending test to oh, see... No how flexible it is and just determine the overall quality. So literally in his video, right before he says, 
he's not concerned about it breaking, the right end of the phone literally snapped almost clean off. <laughs> like, he barely bent it. I'm telling you, he barely bent it, and it snapped. And then he's like, let's see if it'll do the same thing on the other side. The exact same thing happened. That's this thing the battery, literally it, bent, like, broke like a cracker. It's just batteries over there. That's probably yes. why. So he determined that there's basically these two plastic antenna that's built into um, it basically separates the batteries on each side from the middle of the phone. Mm -hmm. So because they're plastic and they didn't reinforce it on the inside, it weakened the structure of the phone. I'm telling you, like a toddler could break this phone. Is, <laughs> is this the extreme version of when those giant iPhones came out and they started bending in people's pockets? It's this sounds worse, worse than that. Yeah, it's no, no, that's why I said the extreme version yeah, of yes, that. It's yeah. the extreme version of that. Like it actually hurt my soul <laughs> watching. <laughs> it was it was uh, hilarious, but also terrible. Jen, you didn't say this you you to fast charge this thing, you have to plug in both USB C ports. Yeah, that's why it has two USB C's. But they call it like turbo charge. I'm like, it's not really turbo if you need two chargers. <laughs> Yeah, it's turbo because oh, it's it's turboing all of the all of the power out of your house into this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I thought that was interesting. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, maybe everyone that's getting this phone is going to completely destroy it, like by picking it up or something by accident. Can you imagine being an angry gamer and squeezing this phone and destroying it? Like, like I, I like even just playing like a. a fps or something right and like getting mad and it's squeezing it a little bit yeah just destroy toast. the thing toast so if anyone's interested again youtube video uh jerry jerry like the name jerry j-e-r-r-y rig everything all one word it's insane how easy it is to snap this phone in half or in three pieces <laughs> so yeah that's i thought that was interesting that's funny um so something else that i'm sure most people have heard about by now because it's been blowing up the gaming world uh a sealed copy of nes super mario brothers sold for a whopping six hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollars at an auction about a week ago um the previous record was 156,000, which was a sealed copy of super mario brothers 3 which i believe sold um in november of 2020 um this is just like mind blowing. Apparently this is this is quoted from the auction house or auction company, whatever it was, that um that actually auctioned this off. They said this was the and this sounds really nerdy, the finest plastic sealed copy with a perforated cord cardboard hang tab ever offered at, of any black box title, and the oldest sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers the auction has ever offered. And it was the fourth version produced and it had such a small window, this version, that it was like in the stores and then out of the stores before you knew it. So sounds, sounds like the biggest load of horseshit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> they were like, how do we justify this? <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing is, uh, well, they're they're calling it a small print run, which is, of course, going to drive up the price. Sure. And it's got a hang tag and all that other crap because who... Like, where was this thing? I was exactly, <laughs> I was going to say that same thing. Like, where the hell was this kept? Like, I've kept my collectibles in a container that hadn't moved in like three years in storage, and somehow the edge got bent. 
Like, where right. was this thing kept? In a bulletproof case somewhere? It was in a safe. It had, it had to yes. have been in some giant safe somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, people have lost their actual minds at this point. Like, $660,000 for a game. Yeah. A game that you're not going to play. You you really shouldn't even, like, look at it or touch it no. or breathe on it. It shouldn't touch the air. Right. For that price. Yeah. Like, what? I want to, like... I want to know where the people like my age are getting this money from because I don't I don't think I've made six hundred thousand dollars my whole life. It's a it is definitely this generation's baseball cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Or Pokemon cards. Well, no, this no Pokemon cards are still, you know, no, baseball cards aren't as valuable as they used to be. Mark, Pokemon cards. I don't know if you've noticed you can't purchase Pokemon cards right now. No, you, no, I know. I'm just saying they are still going up. Yeah. You know. They're right. What I think a Charizard sold for eight hundred thousand dollars the other day. Yeah, oh, sweet. Yeah, somebody uh, you could sell unopened packs for like ten grand because they may have that Charizard in it. Right. That's crazy. Oh, people and their money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so my last two stories are are kind of connected in the sense that one sounds like an April Fool's joke and isn't. Oh, and no. one also sounds like an April Fool's, Fool's joke, and it unfortunately isn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I'll start with the um, the one that sounds like a joke, and luckily it isn't. So, okay. I don't know if anyone noticed this on Twitter. Twitter held a best of tweets brand bracket um, a few days ago, where the final face-off was between Xbox and Skittles. Um, So they were literally taking having these brands come up with some crazy tweet and they were competing against each other for who would have the best tweet or the best promise or whatever. So basically, Xbox promised to actually produce Xbox Series X mini fridges. Right. If they won. And Skittles promised to bring back the lime flavor of Skittles if they won. Did they bring back? They're not bringing back the lime. They didn't win, I don't think. Well, that's what I was going to say. So Microsoft barely won. So they won 50.5% of the vote. So it literally came down to like a hair. So their head of marketing confirmed right after they won that they will move forward in manufacturing the fridges. And they said, we swear this is not an April Fool's joke. It is real. We promise you we're going to make them. And he also promised Skittles that they could have the first one and they would fill it with games for them. I was going to say, so, I saw, I've seen pictures of the fridge. Yeah. Well, they were doing, I think they were doing a giveaway last fall yeah, for a few for like people to win a fridge. Yeah. yeah. So they do, they did have them made, at least a couple of them. Well, they had, but the, they, now had the, they had the real fridges, like the full size fridges. Yeah. They had the big yeah. ones. But they're saying they're going to do mini fridges. Um, now, and, now mm-hmm. just for point of comparison. Yep. Are they producing as many fridges as people want to buy, or are they limited? <laughs> they haven't said yet. Okay. There's um, no, because... there's no way they make they make this thing available to everyone. There's no, know. they can't even make consoles fast enough. They're gonna make right. fridges now too. Well, fridges are probably a little bit easier than consoles, to be completely honest. Well, yeah, um, they don't have the same microchips. Microchips. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they want to be really stupid and make it um, a game, put a fridge? display on it, something. Yeah, <laughs> but. My point being is that the the ability to make lime Skittles is much easier than the ability to make a mini fridge. Yeah. So, which is probably why Microsoft won theoretically. 
but just the the gulf between the two promises. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know how that voting was close, unless if it's like, oh, we're only going to make like ten thousand fridges. Right. People people did it for the lulls. Yeah. Oh, if they did it for the lulls, Skittles would have won. No, no, they because they want they want that stupid fridge that looks like an Xbox One X because they that's yeah. what they compared it to. Mm-hmm. That when it came out, people are um, I feel like still up in arms about Skittles going to green apple instead of lime. I haven't it's had messed up. I, I haven't had Skittles since they changed them. Look at and that. I'm, I, it, it, I'm sad about it because the they lime ones, the customer, the lime ones were part of the thing. Like mm-hmm. you had lemon and lime. Yeah. You don't you don't just get rid of one of those. I wonder if anyone out there has an unopened finest plastic sealed copy <laughs> of Skittles. With lime in there, because you don't you don't know how much that could be worth. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, the it, it, from what I could tell, the mini fridge is probably going to be like my mini fridge. Um, where yeah, it's gonna be um, I heard I heard Gary Witta talking about it, who's uh, you know writer. He's on uh, kind of funny a bunch, um, saying that it could hold like a half a case of soda in it, like at most, like yeah, cans. They're, they're not gonna be big. No. And I was like, yeah, that kind of sounds like my fridge. So I I already have a nice idea of, of how big it'll be. It'll just be um it'll be fun to see how much they do in terms of the uh the branding. Like do they have like a light up button on it? You know? It looks like they do. They have like um from the picture that I saw, it looks like they have a light up uh like logo on the upper right hand side, I believe. Yeah. Just curious. But yeah, that that is pretty funny. Yeah. Um Good they, on they, Xbox, though. Good yeah. on. Yeah, he, the uh, Aaron Greenberg, he was swearing that it's real. They're gonna put product the, them into production sometime this year. Um, and they didn't, they didn't specify, like I said before, how many they're gonna make. Um, but you know, it'll be interesting to see what they wind up doing and how many people wind up getting one. It's, it's gonna be like this. If they're gonna make a limited, a very limited run, it's gonna be like the graphics cards. It's gonna be ridiculous. Um, but it'll be fun to watch from a distance and see well, people go crazy about it. I, I got I just got to say, Xbox is doing a hell of a job turning its PR around after the whole Xbox One debacle. Mm-hmm. They're just doing everything right. That's they're good. they're not closing their stores. They're they're playing into jokes. They're they're doing collaborations with Nintendo. Like they just, you know, I'm so happy that my my brand is. is <laughs> My brand. My my brand. <laughs> yes. All right. So, are you guys ready for the 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 uh, April Fools sounding one? That's actually unfortunately true. Oh no, I I don't know if I'm ready for this. You're not ready for this. Nobody's ready for this. So, <clears throat> rapper Little Nas X released a free <laughs> game called Ready yep. Twerk Hero. Okay. Where you literally twerk him along. To his new song called Montero. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if you don't believe this is true, you can go to his Twitter and you can watch this video clip of the game. Or if you're like me and was still not convinced, you can play it for yourself. I'm going to give you the website. It is literally called Montero Call Me By Your dot name. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the name um, of the song. Yes. I so they give you 50 stars like you basically collect these little symbols with your butt and you drag his butt around the screen and you twerk and you get these symbols like arrows kind of like dance dance revolution arrows 
Mm -hmm. Um, so out of 50, I got 36. So I challenge everyone listening to this to go (laughs) play this game. Give little Nas X all of your views. I want to know how many stars you collect and don't lie to me because I'll know. She'll know. I'll know. 69. <laughs> 69 out of 50. Why Why? Why is the complete number not 69, honestly? I mean, no, I know what the complete number is going to be. No, it's 50. She said there's a, a 50. Oh, I, 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 was, I, was, I was tying it into everything else that's been going on with him in the last couple weeks. No, well, it should. Yeah, right. But it, it, if you're going to go in on a joke, you might as well go all the way. It should have been 666 stars. Right. Either make it that or make it 420 or 69, blah, blah, blah. You know, the mm-hmm. the usual. Well, we're, we're mature here in this twerking game. Now this twerking game won't match up with my health sneakers that I bought. Damn, I'm sorry. That Are they, ma- are they made with literal, literal blood? Did yeah. I read that yeah, 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 yeah. His, his Satan shoes have yeah. literal blood, blood literal Which blood. was awesome to watch people freak out about. and god bless him whatever side you fall on with him i have to respect the and i'm completely on his side but um respect the idea of when people start yelling about it. he's like all right all right i made i made shoes for the other side and it was basically the shoes in the reverse color but it had like chick-fil-a and john 316 on it (laughs) and (laughs) i'm like he was ready He had it. He had that ready to go. Yeah, he was just it's, it's been amazing just watching him literally shame idiots that probably had no idea who he was. Um, yeah. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> I am not shocked at anything he does. Anymore. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yep, yep. And there you have it. Okay. Well, is that everything you have, Jen? That's it. Mark, you got so, something you want to so throw Tom, in there? Yep. Did you hear that they're remaking a game, Sony? Sony's remaking a game. Yes. I'll give you uh, I'll give you two guesses to try if you didn't see the news. I what did game not. How how I didn't I don't know. Uh, Sony's remaking a game, and Mark wants me to guess. So what could it possibly? <laughs> two guesses. Um, they did. I'll, I'll give you I'll give your hint. It's not okay. anything particularly tied to you. Okay. So. Um, they already did Medieval, and that sucked. Um, I don't know. Um, I. I don't know. Uh, this this is hard. Sony's bringing something back that that Ridge Racer. No. Um, I don't know. Uh, Sly Cooper. Nope. The Last of Us. What? Wait, what? They're remaking The Last of Us, They're, the first one. Jen can look this up if she's on her computer. But yeah. they they are making a remake of The Last of Us, or at least it's in development. God knows if it'll actually finish. But it was part of this whole big story that came out and how, like, there's, like, a semi-crisis at Sony. Jason Schreier wrote it for Bloomberg. So go check out that article for all the in-depthness. We don't have enough time to go through it on this podcast. Um, but essentially, they're doing that because they wanted they wanted to remake Uncharted, but it would be too hard and difficult to decide to do The Last of Us. Um, well, I, I just I had just heard that they, they canned a Days Gone sequel. Yes, and, that, and that's all part of it. Um, it's a whole big Sony thing where they seem to just be focusing on like blockbuster big games instead of just letting all the studios release games. So um, this may be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, like, The Last of Us isn't yeah. that old of a game. 
Yeah. And they just remade it. They just redid it for yes, PS4. Go through it. They remastered it about five years ago. They uh, upgraded it for PS, uh, PS4 Pro about four years ago. And it just got the upgrade for PS5 about six months ago. And now they're in development remaking it. Oh. Uh, That's so ridiculous. That's so <laughs> dumb. And, like, why? That's and they're coming out with a TV series. Yeah, I have no idea why they're doing this. Like, forget I, this. Give me the Legend of Dragoon, for God's sakes. Hell, give, give us any game that was on the PS3 that hasn't been upgraded that is now going away because you're closing the fucking store. Right, uh, exactly. <laughs> Not a game that you can play in six different locations. Yeah, give me... Yeah, right, exactly. Give me PlayStation All-Stars Brawl or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, what was the game someone pointed out that... um. Uh, there was some game, like, really popular game on the PS3 that is sort of... I really wish I had this tweet up to say this, but... Ratchet like, and Clank. Game, well, yeah. You can't, something play Ratchet, else that, yeah. you can't play Ratchet and Clank anywhere but on the PS3. Oh, that's yeah. sad. Yeah. There was something even more, like, high-end than that, that, that they never remade or remastered or anything. But it was like, give us that. Why are you... <laughs> to the last of us yeah, um, as much as i love those games those games are amazing don't need a remake like what are they gonna do yeah that's that's really really stupid i mean there's there's all kinds of games that are that have been on the ps3 only and like just do, don't don't give us the last of us again like yeah. that people are gonna start hating it well i already i've watched i will never play these games just because of the content but I've watched, I don't know if you guys know who Nakey Jakey is. He's a YouTuber who does all kinds of weird, weird stuff <laughs> and weird videos, but it's awesome. Go look him up. Um, but he did a video on The Last of Us 2, and the way he described it, I was like, this this game sounds awful. Like, I, oh, would, never, I would never want to play this game. Just you, for like... You, you guys remember, it's like, it's broadcast on this podcast, how much that game just wrecked you. Like, well, it, it wrecks you can. for it. It wrecks you for no reason. It's it's it seems like like um, it, I mean, spoiler. Ellie becomes like a murderer. She's just a straight up murderer at the, at some point. Yeah, it really depends on where you fall. We can have a Last of Us two argument again um at some point, but maybe not tonight. But it really falls on you know. I, I really feel like the the group that was really like adamantly against the game and anything besides the misogynistic people um, and transphobic people um, are the ones that sort of fall into that Snyder cut camp where it's like, this isn't what I wanted to happen, you know, sort right. of. Yeah. So that's why this game sucks, you know, not trying to figure out whether you think Neil Druckmann was wrong. I think it's fine. They go a little too far in some instances. They could have, they could have split up the game better. I don't like the way they split up the game. But, um, yeah, you, it, it's just like they see all the money Last of Us is bringing in. They have the TV show. Maybe they want to coincide this with it. And it, 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 for those of you listening, go read that Jason Schreier article. It's pretty good and pretty long and pretty in-depth. And um, it, it's worth your time if you have any interest in, in learning about, you know, the in intricacies of video game publishing um, or development. Yeah, but it's just like they're just it, they're just swinging for blockbusters and not like having six studios put out six different games, you know, when maybe one of them hits 
maybe two of them hit and the other three, I yeah, don't find much, but you know, those studios got to make their game. Um, but now they just seem focused on like Sony first party is like just God of war, last of us, Spider-Man, you know, like nothing like give me something like back in the day, give me a vib ribbon or something like that. You know, just a weird game that give, comes give out me, Sony first party. Right. Give me Valiant Hearts. Or yeah. Something, yeah. Just something give me weird. a weird game that that's first party Sony. Cause that's what Xbox is doing. That's why they're buying all these studios. Cause first party, they can have first party games. It's across the spectrum. Sony. I don't know. I, I don't get it. That's why I wanted to make sure I brought it up. Cause no. Yeah. I, that's, that may be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's it's just it's just more to promote that that Schreier article, which is really in, in insightful, and um, I think it just came out today or yesterday. So I um, it's not. I thought you may have heard about the remake part. I did not. But yeah, me um, That's uh, that's well, ridiculous. And, and by yesterday and today, I mean Thursday or Friday, since this comes out on Monday. Yeah. Obviously, but. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was the big news from that. Um, oh, and the other thing, I don't know if we mentioned this last week if it had been announced, but um, uh, MLB The Show is going to be free on Game Pass. Quote, so, unquote, free. If you well, have, game, yeah. if you have I mean, game Pass, it will be free. But if you don't, talk, it will talk cost about, whatever yeah, talk for about, Game Pass. Talk about another shot at Sony, to be honest. Is well, that the MLB was like, yeah, put it on Game Pass. Yeah. Sony? Yeah. Yeah, the fact that MLB was like, yeah, I, yeah, throw it on there. Go for it. And they were like, like, I don't think I don't think Microsoft asked. I think MLB was just like, yeah, put it out on Game Pass game day one. Yeah, And and the fact that there's not a PS Plus, you know, on the other side or whatever their game service is called. PS um, Now, the worst thing yeah, of yeah. all time. <laughs> yeah, like that there's no equivalent on the other side is just. But uh, I, good for the MLB to finally be like, you know, we'll give you exclusive licensing, but you got to put it everywhere. Yeah. Like. You, you know, that's why Madden works is because it's everywhere. Right. That's they're trying to get they're trying to gain traction with. Yeah. Um, kids. Fans. fans and kids. Exactly. Especially people who have Game Pass. Game Pass is such a big thing that they want to get in on it. I don't blame them. I'm going yeah. to play it on Game Pass day one because I don't feel like paying $70 for a game that will be out of date in a week. Yeah, I don't blame it, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna rehook up my Xbox One when it comes out. You know, yeah. just gotta figure out where to put it. But um, oh, that's 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 if that's your hardest part, you're uh, you're doing. Well, no, I I probably have to go buy a power brick because oh right, you that, said you that was fucking up too near the end. Right. Um. So I don't know if it was just overheating and maybe having it unplugged for the last two weeks will help. But um. But anyway, yeah. Like, I'm going to have to hook up my Xbox One, and now I can delete Call of Duty off of it, so I'm going to have, like, 400 gigs of space. Whoa, what are you going to do with all that space? MLB the show. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's great. So, anyway. That's all I got. Yeah. So, um, I, we might as well move on to our, our main topic tonight. So, uh, our friend Jonathan was so gracious to give us an idea, because he's been playing Outriders, and... Apparently, Outriders does not have a very good end game or games as a service type of uh, role at the end of the game. Yeah, it feels um, like they got scared off by Anthem. Right. It's kind of the everybody's kind of punch uh, punch drunk from Anthem and they don't want to run into that. 
So it seems to not have a lot of good multiplayer after you finish the campaign. So we got, he gave us the idea to kind of list out some of the things that you, we would want in a games as a service game that would make us come back every day forever. Like this is your forever game. It would, it would, uh, it would be able to hook you and keep you engaged, uh, you know, until they decide to end that games as a service, which could be, you know, 10 years down the line, like, or continuing to go like world of Warcraft. So, um, I have a few of things that I, I know I would want, uh, but I'm curious to hear what you guys want because we are all interested in different kinds of games. So this should Mm -hmm. be interesting. Um, let me, let me just start off because mine's pretty easy because I, I, I pretty much found my forever game. Um, the, and maybe it can extend to other games, but, um, you know, finding that randomizer for a link to the past, um, has revitalized a game that I have beaten once a year since 1994, um, when I first beat it, um, as a, as a nine-year-old. Um, and it, it just, it just adds something new every time. And now getting really deeper into randomizers and, you know, getting more ambitious of going, all right, this is the one where it's going to be all the big keys are shuffled around too. You know, and I might have to bounce from dungeon to dungeon or, you know, find the big keys out in the world. Um, you know, it just just it just gives me more and more options and I can make it harder and harder or, or more create insane, you know, on a fun way. Um, so it, it does the one thing um, that I love in my video games for something I'm going to play for a long time. And I guess even even if we want to stretch this into other things like for for bands I love. Uh, by having a randomizer, it just every time I play it or every new quote unquote game or album, it's new. You know, it's something new. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, just having that process where I the fun part and um, this is what made me finally realize that I think randomizers are my end game um, for this stuff is I played through vanilla, my normal yearly playthrough of vanilla like Link to the Past. Mm. And I was like, this is boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's like the know, real game for you. No, no, because I'm like, I know where everything is. Like, there's no surprise or, or puzzle or puzzling out where to go or remembering where I, you know, mm-hmm. like any of that stuff that comes with a randomizer. Like, this is like, all right, I know the boots are here. The lantern's here. This is where the gloves are. You know, mm-hmm. like um, I did beat it the fastest I've ever beat vanilla. Um mainly because I knew where all the locations were um, because I've been playing it so often. But yeah, it's essentially that it's just give me something that is the same type of gameplay, just remixing it um, over and over. You know, I'm not really like, give me the same thing, but new quest. I don't know if that, that feels like a different thing to me um, uh, because I'll I'll have to learn the new area. I just want to have, um, like if, if they would keep switching up plunder or something in call of duty, you know, uh, but it's the same map that I know that's essentially yeah. what I like. It's just give me something that I, I keenly had the knowledge of, um, you know, like the map of a link to the past or the, the Verdansk map, um, mm-hmm. in, 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 uh, Warzone, and just switch it up. Like those were always my fun nights in Warzone, where when it was something different, like those Halloween games or, you know, things like that where they they gave a little twist to what was going on. Um, but, yeah, mine's very easy. Um, it's just that I don't have much more. Um, you know, I'm hearing there's randomizers for some of my other favorite games of all time. 
Um, <laughs> you know, Super Mario RPG has a randomizer now. Um, and it, I have to play the original more to even get excited if I would like this, but Ocarina of Time has it as well. Um, so, you know, maybe I'll just branch out to other games and randomizers. The Super Mario RPG one is fun from the streams I've watched people do because it, uh, it can make your characters completely too powerful very early. And then you just get overconfident when the game starts upping the difficulty later <laughs> on. But, um, yeah, yeah. Essentially randomizers. That whole long rant was just like randomizers are my forever game. Okay. How about you, Jen? Um, so I broke, I broke my features down, um, into specific things that I would look for. And if I can get all of them in one, that would literally be amazing. Um, so, I kind of went in, uh, into this a little bit into depth, so stop me if I'm talking too much. Um, no, that's fine. We can discuss as we go. Okay. But the first thing, the first thing that I always notice about a game, and this sounds really, probably everyone says this kind of thing, but graphics to me are a really big deal. Like the more realistic, the better. Like you don't like the uncanny valley thing. I I live for it. I want the <laughs> uncanny valley. <laughs> I want the clearest, most gorgeous landscapes. I want dynamic lighting. I want beautiful skies and realistic grass where it's blowing in the wind and it looks like actual grass, um, like like Horizon Zero Dawn, that kind of stuff, Breath of the Wild. I mean, obviously, Breath of the Wild isn't like realism where you think it's actually like a video of the real world outside, but I just want it to look totally beautiful and very high quality. Um the next the next thing that I look for is music, really good music. Um, I want a great soundtrack where I could be totally immersed in the game and it actually fits the game and, and the style of the game that I'm playing as well. Um, so like I, I personally like really beautiful fantasy or like atmospheric soundtracks, mm. um, kind of like I'm going to be mentioning a few games a lot and nobody should be surprised, but like Skyrim and Horizon um i know you're not surprised uh, by that no i'm i'm totally with you like a like a halo or a yes or a destiny i feel like yes yes, yes. the music in those games would definitely keep me uh def- definitely keep me <laughs> in engaged for sure yes. um gris is another game that i mentioned a long time ago Gris has a different kind of soundtrack but it's it's just incredible it's super emotional i literally heard the soundtrack first because I was listening to a video game playlist and downloaded the game, bought the game because of the soundtrack. Like I knew nothing about the game and I'm like, I need to play this game because the music sounds so good. Um, And then I was very happy that I bought it because it was an amazing game. Um, But I really just want to be able to hear the music even when I'm not playing and be able to relive the game and want to just boot it up and start playing it again. Um, So music is really important to me. Again, no one's going to be shocked when I say character creation. <laughs> um, no, no, no. no, see, yeah. yeah, I'm totally with you. So I'm going to kind of butt in here and yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go off of this because I have something similar. I think if you're going to have a games as a service or a forever game, you need to have stuff worth putting in time for, whether mm-hmm. that be cool armor or weapons or skins or whatever. You need to have that. And yeah. Some games do it really well, some do not. And I feel like if you do it well enough, it kind of helps, especially the way you unlock things. Yeah. Um, like either 
either doing certain tasks or whatever to get that certain thing that you want. Or, you know, you could just make it purchasable with real money and people do that too. Yep. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. I, I, exactly how you said, I want to be able to spend time on this character of myself or whoever I'm making it of. And I want to be able to play this game forever is the whole point of this and be able to upgrade, you know, like you said, my armor or um, be able to customize the way that I look for whatever reason. I don't even need a reason. I just want to change my hair one day. I want to be able to do it. Um, it doesn't get old, you know, like you could change little things. I mean, I'm insane. I want to be able to change not only with the typical like hair color, eye color, size, all that stuff. I want to be able to like actually go in there and change the shape and the length and the width of my nose or like my <laughs> chin. Like I'm a psychopath. Like The Sims 4 or even Fallout 76. I'm sorry to mention that on here. But you could do that stuff in those character creators. I mean, and then 76, you barely ever see yourself after that. And then like whatever. But um, Monster Hunter World and Rise are also really good examples of games with really great character customization that you continue to build off of throughout the game. Um, and that hooks you to want to keep playing. If you can upgrade your armor to this awesome, I don't know, collection of things that you've you've worked for, like, why wouldn't you want to keep playing, you know? And Destiny was like that. Like The short amount of time that we played Destiny together, I was dying to keep upgrading the way I looked because I looked cool, but I knew that I could look so much cooler <laughs> and be stronger <laughs> if I got, you know, all this other stuff. So that definitely, it hooks you in hardcore. And I'm not mentioning cyberpunk here because they put more effort into junk, like literally. designing someone's junk, literally, <laughs> than a game that's playable. I mean, they didn't put too much effort into that. Well, yeah, that's true. They they put a lot of realism into it, but they really didn't give you that much customization options. <laughs> I mean, I would have been more upset if they, you know, in the way you're jokingly being about it, if they would have had something dumb like a like a like a curving slider, <laughs> you know, or some, you know. Something yeah. real dumb like that. Where it. they just went overboard with one aspect and then I, just the game was terrible. I mean, I think they went overboard as it is because you can. Oh, for pick, sure. The fact that you could pick a size is is too much, I think. Personally. And penis one and penis two. Don't yes. Right. It's just ridiculous. Um. So the next thing that I look for is an open world capability. So I think this is probably... Well, maybe not. Maybe not for everything. Well, because Mark just mentioned um, a link to the past, which is not in the same vein as what I'm talking about. But I think for a lot of people, in order to play a game, quote unquote, forever, you need to be able to have some sort of an open world concept where um, it's always developing and you have more things to do, higher levels to get to more quests. Um, but specifically for me as an open world, I mean, I want to go wherever I want to go. To pull an inside joke from our stream, I want to go skyrimming whenever I feel like it. <laughs> I want to be able to purchase mounts. I want a freaking dragon, or I want a really cool horse, or I want like a lion with wings. I don't care. Um, I want to do whatever I want. I want to go wherever I want. I want to be able to follow the main story or decide to spend the whole day doing side quests or hang out with my cousin who's having a virtual wedding in town square with his guild. Like, <laughs> I want to do all these things. And a game that's going to get me coming back forever is going to be like Skyrim. It's going to be like ESO or World of Warcraft 
or Red Dead Redemption, where at least you have all of these things to do. Um, and out of all of those things I mentioned, ESO and, and World of Warcraft are obviously the most hitting the nail on the head to everything I just said. Yeah, and to, and and to to be fair, uh, original Legend of Zelda is probably one of the first technical open world games um, because it wasn't level based. Um, you know, you could go anywhere and go into any castle at any time almost. Um, so you know, it obviously the scale you're talking on is something those games could never touch. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, I, I guess the word I would put before your open world is like, pr- uh, pr- uh procedurally pr- generated, something like that. Yeah. In terms of, yeah, you know, towns are being created all the time and kind of like how world of Warcraft expanded, mm-hmm. um, or final fantasy 14 or something like that. Um, more so than the, the original term open world meant it wasn't like Mario where you went from one, one, the one, two to one, three right. to one, four, you right. know, you could go anywhere. Uh, but yeah, that those games for, you know, in t- today's audience is, it has to be like that. Like, um, not even like, I guess Skyrim does have dungeons. Skyrim's probably a lot closer to a legend of Zelda open world than you probably think. Um, <laughs> Because you enter into a cave and then there's a dungeon inside. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the ability to expand on that open world, uh, ESO, I, I obviously you mentioned that it's the same way. Like they could have an expansion come out and then a whole other part of the continent shows up. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, I could see how you know, like I I would get more into those games because somebody like you, Jen, I play with. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll fuck around and run around with you with my weird looking, you know, <laughs> mage or something with you um, and just have fun in that sense um, where I'm just I'm just looking for that social casual interaction with you where I don't care. You know, I'm not going in when I'm when you're not there to level up, you know, and stuff like that. Right. Um, I think that's kind of where we differ in terms of the type types of forever games. Um, mm-hmm. Is that you'll go in and to want to get that armor or get that that shader to use a destiny term, you know, and sort of just get that get that thing to look real cool. I would just be like, oh, yeah, you're playing. OK, I'll pop in. Mm-hmm. You know, Dead by Daylight is a perfect example for us, Jen. Right. Um, you know, um, and I think the conversation we're having, I I know Tom probably has a couple more points, but just mm-hmm. shows that the idea of a forever game is. You know, not what a lot of these failed games as a service try to make them out to be. Mm-hmm. Like like how Anthem and what was that other one? Battleborn or something like that um, that got canceled. You know, those games are like, oh, it's a game where we just have quests pop up randomly. They can join with their friends. You know, there's some of this stuff. But, yeah, we'll just throw them in there. We don't have to make much depth to it. Yep. You know, and then those are the games that always fail or the ones that don't understand that there's a wide variety like this podcast um, mm-hmm. of what people want in it. Yep. And you got to try and hit as many of them as possible mm-hmm. and not try to be hyper focused yeah. because hyper focus is a different type of game. You know, um, especially if you're doing a, a, a game like, you know, with an open world and stuff, um, you need to hit as many of those points. Because you're not doing like a first-person shooter games as a service where it's the same map over and over again. Um, or even, you know, uh, I can't maybe a fighting game or something. I don't know. 
But yeah. if you're going to do something in the world of Warcraft, ESO, Final Fantasy XIV, um, you have to also have the things there for the people that want to have a virtual wedding and duel with their friends at the wedding and maybe lose to those friends at the <laughs> wedding. Pathetic. Um, <laughs> but also want to be serious and go conquer the big bad guy or the big monster or mm-hmm. something. Um, yeah, yeah it, it just it just seems like, you know, we're getting closer to having those games. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's because we're getting older and we just want to concentrate on one or two games um, ourselves. But um, I, I feel sometimes I feel and you I'll, I'll stop my rant here, but um, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I feel with these games of service and stuff, it's always like they take a step forward and then two back um, in terms of like when the next set comes out, like ESO does something great. All right, here comes Anthem. Oh, no. <laughs> that we we went too far in a direction we thought you know um right. you know and then the and then avengers comes out and that's boring at first and that's why you lose the audience you know it's just they're getting there but it seems like it keeps like a wave going in and out as, as it's growing no yeah i totally agree jen i don't know if you had any other things you wanted to bring up um, honestly, the last thing I was going to say is, is story and depth, which Mark just touched on perfectly. So I a hundred percent agree with everything he said. That was literally my last bullet point. <laughs> yeah. I've got a few bullet points myself. Um, so the setting of the game really, for me, uh, really is a big deal. I want to, I want to get immersed in that, that setting, which is why I feel like space settings where you can travel to different planets and stuff or, or, you know, a, like a cyberpunk setting where you you have all these different types of towns and stuff like that. I feel like those types of settings really get me excited and like a, a give me the ability to change change where I like change my surroundings. Yet I'm still in the same game and I'm still in the same universe, even though I'm like on a different planet and it looks totally different. I'm still in the same universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that's that's gotta hook me right there. I gotta like where I am. Mm-hmm. I got to enjoy the setting and cuz if I'm going to be there a while, I got to enjoy it. And like you said, Jen, the music also plays into that too where if the music is just the same boring crap over and over, I'm going to get sick of it and probably either turn it off or not even listen to it or play a podcast in the background or something else like that. But uh if you can get those two things right, that's a good good first step. Yep. Something else that that really I need some for like a games as a service or a forever game. Give me something to do every time I log in. I need a good like daily activity. Make it make it interesting. It can be something I've done already, but you know, add you know, get make the bosses different or make me go through a a a, a level that I've never been through or you know, just it's got to be like Mark said. It's got to be. Uh, I need to be keenly aware of what of what I'm doing, but just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally agree with that. Um, I also want the ability to do these things multiplayer or single player. Uh, I want to be able to load up with my friends or randoms if I need to, and I want to be able to do them separately, which is something that Destiny, I feel like, does really well, and at the same time, it has stuff that annoys me that you can't do it by yourself. Like You can't do a raid by yourself. Because of just the um, mechanics of it, you need like three or four people just 
So that's just the way they work. And I'm an antisocial person and I don't have six friends I can do a, a raid with. So I would like to experience those things without having to like go out of my way to get people to play with me. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, no, I totally agree. But yeah, the, that's like those are like my big things. And like I said before, I need the I need the cool armor and the weapons and stuff. Give me that. Give me all of that stuff. It's a reason why I played, you know, I played Diablo for so long because you literally are just grinding to get the cool weapon because they eventually will come. If you if you play through that game enough, you'll get the cool weapon and armor sets that match and, you know, give you extreme amount of power. And you can blow through the whole game in 15 minutes once you have them. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I think we all have very good points, and I think we're all kind of in the same boat, which is weird because we're all we're all talking. You can if you are, are listening to the context clues, we're all talking about very specific games, but at the same time, they all do the same things well. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's just a matter of you know where where you want to put your time. Like Mark Mark's Mark's I'm sure wants to be a Zelda world. Uh, I would like a space uh, destiny world and Jen wants it to be Skyrim. Yep. But other than that, it's all the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and allow me to take one last shit on Avengers. Um, Go for it. <laughs> the don't make a game where your single player game campaign is infinitely better than your multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah that is will... a bad thing to do as, a games as a service or a game you want people to check in with every day. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that was the problem with Anthem too, is that, well, the, the problem with Anthem was, it was just boring all the way around, but the mult like the single player is just supposed to be there to train you for the multiplayer. But in Marvel's case, they do things well, like do they do storytelling well? So the single player story ended up being way more interesting than, anything you do after the fact. So yep. especially if you pick a specific character, they have a much better story than anybody else, but that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, especially in a game like Avengers, that's, it was just a, such a weird uh, idea for a game because they wanted it to be like a MMO type destiny type game, but you only have five characters or four characters to choose from. So it limits you very much in getting, the things we're talking about armor and weapons and the stuff like that, that makes you want to come back over and over and over. Yeah. So it, you get, it, it's hard to plan for a game like that. Yep. And I will, I will go to the grave to say they had a perfect multiplayer game mm-hmm. set up and they completely missed it by yep. thinking that everybody, which maybe there's a large percentage of people to do, would just want to play with the known heroes, which makes multiplayer tough. They introduced the concept of Inhumans, where this thing gives everybody in an area or in a certain location, I forget, I haven't played it in months, um, superhuman powers. Right. And Let me make my own hero. Character. Yeah. And it's an Inhuman <laughs> that can do whatever you get. You get. You could limit it by giving a choice of powers, fire, ice. Well, yeah, it, it's Bro, just like, you know, it's just like a destiny class. You just mm-hmm. basically turn it into this is a, yeah. a fire class. This is they have this. They do it's this lightning. Fully obvious right. that yeah. they miss this. Yeah. But again, I know some people that absolutely love that game because they get to run around like uh, Captain America um, and throw the shield. So who knows? Um, yeah, I, 
like like we've said, people have differing opinions and stuff, and that's that's great. That's why we do a podcast like this to get everybody's opinion, because as you can tell, we all play way different kinds of games, mm-hmm. but we all want the same basic. Yep. <sighs> so we we all want the same basic things. So let's see if this week's retro roulette gave us those same basic things. So this week we played Final Fantasy VIII for the PlayStation One. Um, so I want to know, Tom. Okay. How far did you get? Not very far. This game okay. is a well. I got to the point where you uh you become a, a seed member, which is not far after. So you I, haven't even met the second most important character in the game yet. Um. Did you have the dance scene yet? Yes, I did the dance scene. Okay, so you've at least met the second most important character. Yes, I knew she was important, but that's that's uh, I got through like uh, a bit of the quest right following that, and that's about it. Yeah, so that dance FMV is probably one of the more famous Final Fantasy FMVs um, of all time because it looks gorgeous, and it was what they really sold the trailers on, if I remember correctly. Um, that and the scene in the opening you know, uh, test that you do that you did on stream. Right. Those two FMVs were the ones that they really sold the game on. Um, so I'm glad you got there. Um, uh, yeah. What, what, what were your thoughts? What have, you know, you're the final, you're the guy that played through seven. I'm, I'm, I'm the final time. fantasy guy. So my thoughts were, they saw what worked with final fantasy seven and they, they decided to increase those things tenfold. Uh, they put, they've put, they put in a hundred, more fmvs there's way more fmvs in this in the first three hours than there are i think in like the first disc of final fantasy 7 um they they just kind of the my problem with the game is they made it too complicated uh right off the bat like in final fantasy 7 you go through and you you know how to use magic immediately but they don't kind of they don't really explain how you have that ability until later, which I think instead of explaining it all at one time, which they kind of do with the junction system, they should have like split it up a little better because they, they do split it up. They like when I was still going, they were still explaining like uh, the, there's more abilities with the junctioning system where you can add like the abilities onto your weapon and your, your armor and stuff like that. But, um, I just feel like it was overly complicated for no reason. And Squall's kind of a dick. Like more, like yeah. I said, he's even more of a dick than Cloud is in the beginning of Final Fantasy VII, which I didn't think anybody could. I thought Cloud was like kind of just being the douchiest douche he could be, but Squall has topped him easily. Uh, I do like the characters. The characters are interesting. Uh, I like that they they kind of make the gunblade this mythical thing already um and they uh so they it makes you feel like squall's important even though you don't want him to be because he's just a jerk to everyone yeah um but yeah i mean overall i i would have if i purchased this and played this in you know when i was 15 or whatever whenever or 13 when it came out um i probably would have been disappointed in it just because I like seven so much that this does a lot of things that it tries to be. I feel like it tries to be seven plus, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it falls through the, um, 
it's funny that we, I don't know if it's a jokingly thing, but call you the Final Fantasy expert. <laughs> the sheer fact that I have beaten more Final Fantasies yeah, than Mark, you. Mark, you've, you've beaten way more Final <laughs> Fantasies than I have. I've beaten three of them. <laughs> I've beaten every one from 6 through 15. Yeah. Um, and Remake, I guess, if you count that. All right, well, um, four if you count Remake, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everything you said is absolutely correct about this game. Um, they saw what worked in 7. They upped the FMVs. They upped all that production value cost. Um, they went with a modern time setting, even though they didn't realize how much of a cyberpunkish setting Final Fantasy VII is, especially Midgar. Um, and they tried to be really clever when it didn't need to be. Um, and this story goes fucking places that you can't, you wouldn't be able to guess what I'm the sure. ultimate thing is in this game. And I would love if you would play through it, but I, I understand people that fall off this game. Um, it's not one of my favorites. It's probably one of my least favorites, to be honest, um, of the ones I've beaten. Um, and again, the only reason I beat it is because I learned how to break the junction system, which is one of the most infuriating systems in, in Final Fantasy history. Um, yeah, and I got through the normal thing where I get to where I get frustrated, which is right after the train ride and all that, where you selfie comes into your party and all this other stuff um that occurs and i'm just like you know what i i i don't need to know how angelo works um for the for the third time uh so yeah it's essentially all that stuff um there's nobody to be honest outside of the crazy shit that happens none of the characters are really outside of squall just because the, he has a fucking gun blade but which is the dumbest weapon of all time, but also yes. the coolest weapon of all time. Um, none of the other characters are really like interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Like at least with consequential, I mean, you yeah. know, six, seven, even nine has like three characters that everybody remembers. If you've played nine, which is this game is exactly why nine is the way nine is. Right. Um, it's because a, they complete just opposite. complete 180. Um, medieval times, guy with a tail, um, you know, all the old type of, it's the first time it comes up with a system closer to the materia, but not, but much different, um, in that, you know, it's a thing where you keep a weapon on it. It's kind of a mixture of what Remake had, where you, if you gain an ability from it leveling up, it stays permanent with your character, whether you have that piece of equipment on or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first time that system's really implemented. Um, but yeah, eight for the sheer fact that there's even funny conspiracy theories of what happens after the first disc um, and what it really means. And um, it's it's a game that it's one of those games that you can see it being someone's favorite Final Fantasy as much as you can see it being someone's least favorite Final Fantasy. Um, it's just a matter of how much for some reason you connect to the characters, which obviously I did not with the way I've been talking about it. Um, (laughs) and how much you actually enjoyed the junction. Um, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see when you play maybe a little bit more, uh, you play some at 10 and some at 12 and just sort of dabble in the other ones, um, out there and just see how much of a like misstep most of this was. No, Um, I can, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can already sense that I've played enough of, nine and ten to see that they did not want to do that again so they kind yeah. of went away from it as much as far as they could 
Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's it's outside of, like, two moments in the entire game. Um, I never hear, as a guy to beat the game, I never hear anybody reference, like, the late game reveals and things like that or the, the fun things that happen. Like, you hear them talk about Final Fantasy VII or yeah. even X. Um, yeah. The ending you never hear anyone talk about, uh, which is not true with the other two games. Um, but yeah, that, that's essentially my thoughts. So I don't know if you had any more, um, Tom, and then we'll see uh, Jen's no. feelings on it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like so the things I do like. I like the I like the battle system. I like. I mean, the draw idea is interesting. I just feel like it. The fact that you can break it so easy just kind of throws it out the window, though. Um, but I like that there's they they tried to do a little more with the battle system but the the music's good i'm sad i didn't get to the boss that plays man with a machine gun for the music because that that song's awesome um but yeah those are the i mean i those are the the basic final fantasy things if you don't get those somewhat right there's a problem uh i'm more interested to hear what jenny has to say because we've kind of forced her to play final fantasies over and over. <laughs> so. <This is> true. <laughs> um, so the junctioning is probably the reason why I didn't put that much time into this game. I'm just going to start with that. Okay. Um, but let me back up. I think, <laughs> so I took notes while I was playing the game so I could remember things that I liked and didn't like. Um, I thought the opening cutscene was interesting. Um, it's very flashy and dramatic, of course, which isn't surprising. Um, and watching the opening cut actually made me really want to do a Final Fantasy cosplay. And I don't really know why. For some reason, it got me <laughs> thinking, like, oh, man, what happened to all those plans that I had of Final Fantasy cosplays? But anyway, I don't think it should be necessary to have to watch that opening scene every single time you want to start a new game. And I know you had mentioned that, or one of you had mentioned that during the the pod, the mm-hmm. stream that we did. That's really ridiculous, but at least it's short, so it's not like Kojima style long. But like, still, that's kind of annoying that you can't skip it after the first time of booting up the game. You know? Yeah. Um, that didn't directly affect me, but after I learned that, I had to add that because I think that's dumb. Um, one thing I noticed pretty much right away about the game is that everything feels a lot more modern, and this might sound dumb. Also, but I'm comparing it to like Final Fantasy seven or six, where everything had much more of a literal fantasy vibe to it. And I can't really even explain what exactly I mean, I guess. But it kind of just felt like it was a little too realistic, um, where the way people were dressed kind of just looked a little modern to me. I don't know. I feel like I, I tried to explain this to you, Tom, um, yeah. a couple a couple days ago or whenever it was. But I love the more super fantasy elements of this games with the wild outfits and the crazy hair. And obviously it had the the gun blade, but um, that was like just a little disappointing for me. Like the opening scene where I'm like laying in the bed and there's an actual doctor that comes in and everything just looks normal. It looks like a it looks like a normal everyday run yeah. the hospital. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's a little too judgy, but yeah, <laughs> not, not, not that I'm trying to make you play the game more. But the funny part is listening to you say that, Jen, and just going, uh, she hasn't gotten the full taste of Ultima Sia yet. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> there's some crazy costuming and wild stuff that happens in the rest of the game. Yeah, but yeah. even but like, I get why you wouldn't get there. 
Yeah. Even watching the the stream and it's like two hour entirety. It just, you know, kind of felt a little bit less fantasy vibes. But like you just said, obviously, there's a lot more of the game that I haven't seen. I, I will correct myself in saying it doesn't get more. I mean, yes, there is actually something that gets a little more, but I don't want to ruin anything um, for people out there that may may actually want to play it or look it up themselves. Um, but no, it stays very modern mm-hmm. um, in that it's just. I'm talking more like if you were thinking like flamboyant outfits and more crazier costumes. Yep. As you go on, you start meeting people like that. Um, okay. That that happens. The, the seeds are very much like a school. So mm-hmm. it's very same formal outfits. Yeah. You know, as as we mentioned, uh, they're seeds and live in a garden. Right. Get it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, yeah, essentially, my, my point putting in there was just to say, you know, it, it, there's no reason for you to get there, but they do go a little crazy with stuff as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole, this is why I said nine is a full three, uh, 360, Jesus, 180, um, is because they found out they went too far in the modern direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they returned to really modern-ish stuff until, I guess... I guess it's way how you feel about 13. Even though that was the most you know. modern, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, but that's still very space-like, especially Cocoon. It's like high um, fantasy, or it's it's yeah. like space high fantasy, if that makes sense. Yeah. My point was going to be 15 felt a lot like eight in the sense that it was these crazy things going on, but the world seemed real. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah I. I it, it, yeah. It would be like it would be like thirteen played entirely on pulse. Yeah. You know, and not in cocoon. That that would be what essentially what I'm saying here. Um, but that's still a big gap, even if you count thirteen in the, you know, one sequel of one game we won't talk about that was released in that series. Um but yeah, Jen, any more uh, any more rants? Because yeah. I, I love when you get really <laughs> ranty about games. <laughs> um Actually, so this isn't really ranty as much as it is a compliment. Um, I noticed that the dialogue between characters, and now again, maybe this is something that changes, and I hope not, because it actually seemed pretty good. Like, it wasn't overly wordy. It seemed very natural, the conversation. It wasn't, like, scripted or unrealistic to how an actual conversation would go. Or, like, you know how in Trails sometimes you could tell that, like, a different translator jumped in and maybe took over for a bit because, like, they would say really weird phrases that are really outdated but then have, like, a random, like, emoji at the end of their sentence. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it just felt like somebody put effort into making it feel like these people were having legit conversations, that it wasn't, like awkward i don't know how to describe what i mean by that but i appreciated that it there was there was some good translation as opposed to every other final fantasy (laughs) (laughs) and again maybe i'm not right maybe as the game goes on it gets real wacky but from what i saw it seemed good and i appreciated that because i wasn't like dying to click through the speech bubbles just get on with it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um the world map was a little bit of an improvement, but still really hard to see where the heck I was going. Uh, if I didn't watch you try to find the cave, Tom, I would have probably given up on the game. Oh, now. if if Mark wasn't on stream with me, <laughs> I would have never figured out where the hell to, I was going. To be completely yeah. honest, there's only two places to go on that part of the map, so yeah. you would have you would have spent a lot of time in that town yes. before figuring out that that's not where you needed to be. 
Yes. Um, but you would eventually have found the cave because it's the only other thing on the map <laughs> to go to. Yep. So I might have spent like an hour figuring out what was happening. Yeah. And then it would have been walking. kind of like when you were trying to find that cave in the mode <laughs> seven map for Final yeah, Fantasy VI. so bad. That's why I said this was an improvement because I was thinking of that the whole time. Yeah. With that fucking map. But yeah, this was okay. It was better. It's going in the right direction. Um, my hard issue with this game, and you guys already mentioned it, is the junction system. Because it's totally confusing. And you're right, Tom. They love saying the word junction and junctioning. And if you don't grasp from the tutorial right away what junction means, you're going to be lost for the whole rest of the tutorial. Because everything they say is junction, junctioning, junction, junction, junction. Like, I never want to hear that word again. (laughs) So as much as I appreciate that they have a tutorial for you in the beginning of the game, as opposed to after, you know, you could have needed a tutorial like that Sonic game. I had to read through it so slowly and it still confused me. So I wound up looking, looking. Oh, my God. I'm so mad about junctioning. I can't speak. (laughs) I looked up a junctioning for dummies tutorial. (laughs) Did it help? It. So this is, I want to ask you if I got it right, because I, I made notes on what I think is correct. So junctioning is basically you're assigning a magic spell to your character's stats like strength or magic or something. Yep. And spells are a consumable resource like a potion would be. Mm-hmm. And to junction a spell to a stat, you have to, I hate saying junction, you have to <laughs> junction a guardian force to that character. So junction is like connecting. So you connect a guardian force to your character, and then to obtain consumable magic, you either have to draw it from your enemies, or you have to refine it from consumable items. So basically what I did for the whole entire game, until I gave up, was I would just get into random battles and draw to get all the question marks, because I remember Mark said that in the stream, just draw as many times as you can to get through all the question marks, and then you can attack. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And that's as far as I got. (laughs) Yeah. Theoretically, no, you got the junction. Theoretically, the thing is, the more that spell you have, the more rewards it'll give you. So the theory is, uh, draw, you should try and draw to 99 every time, the first time you see a spell. So uh, sometimes you'll, you can't do it like, you'll start noticing when you're drawing from an enemy, it'll give you less and less. Mm -hmm. So then you kill the enemy and go to the next fight and do it. Um, but yes, the question marks are very important because A, they're new spells, and B, they sure. could be summons um, that you could need. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing the 99 is why when you get to, like, cure, and which I didn't have time to really explain to Tom, when you get into your cures and your curagas and full lifes and revives and all that, the more of those spells you have and you drop them in your HP, your HP rockets up. Um, to the point that if you have 99 full lives in your HP, you'll have 9,999 hit points. Oh, um, and that's, yeah, and that's another point. This game doesn't necessarily need you to be leveled up as no, much as do not, you need do not to have. As, yeah, exactly. It's, like, so different than a lot of other games like this. Because it's one of the rare Final Fantasies, and people can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, obviously, I haven't played through completion 1 through 5. But... The back, what they don't tell you behind the scenes is that the enemies scale to your level. Right, so right. if you're level eight or nine and you have like broken the junction system and you have 99s of spells and your strength and all that, you you can just rip through enemies. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't get into a lot of random battles. 
Um, like sometimes streamers and all when they're breaking or speedrunners even when they're breaking the junction system will run away from battles and mm-hmm. just really fight the enemies they know they have to fight, fight bosses, and that's it. Um, and that's why that system is broken, like really broken. Um, but it can also make it fun and entertaining to be like have like the highest strength you can have and all this and just you know one or two cycling a boss. Because they're they're set at level eleven, um, and you have enough strength to beat a level forty character. Yep. Um, like even in uh, in speed runs, I think it's between nine and eleven you need to be to sort of speed run. So, but you got what well, you read off in the junction system is exactly right. It's Very just cool. it just makes the game really tedious and boring early, um, mm-hmm. and because you have to sit there and draw and draw and draw and draw, you know. Yeah. Um, and keep an eye on your health. Um. And you got to remember, if you use a spell, you have to draw so that you stay at 99 um, right. for your stats. So um, good news is if you do it good enough and you don't level up, you can always keep your full lives at 99 because you're never going to really have to use them. Um, <laughs> and once you get the higher level spells like the Kiragas and, you know, or, and the Fireagas and all that stuff, um, you can just use the lower level spells. But your magic stats so high that it does good enough damage. And sort of do that. It's it's really broken. It's really really broken. Um, if you couldn't tell, I'm gonna um, have to watch a speed run after this just to yeah. see how quickly they break it. Yeah, they they don't they break it quickly and not fully. If you know what I'm saying, um, right. they like just they get don't it to where they need it and then they yeah stop. yeah they don't go like get 99 of everything, which is what some if you want to actually feel the power of that game. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. There's probably a good AGDQ run of it, which is probably the best place to watch it while there's an audience watching, rather than those just ones that's a face cam right. um, doing it. Uh, just because sometimes they like to they like to do some fun things to make it interesting because it's probably a six to ten hour stream um, or playthrough, um, which is why the one the f- uh, speed run of six is great because they have someone come out and sing the opera. But, um, <laughs> that's great. Part of it. Uh, which makes it fun, but yeah, yeah, everything you guys say is exactly what I thought you guys were gonna say about this game. Cause I didn't, I know both of you well enough to know that neither of you would like the junction system, and I hate the junction system, despite the fact that I did, you know, have beaten this game. Um, it's it's weird. It's there are gonna be defenders. You could have fights with people, and we might get comments and stuff from people that absolutely adore this game. You know. Um, yeah, I mean. I can see where people would enjoy the game. I know people are, I know some people were eight was their favorite and I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, and they're also clamoring for a FF eight remake. So, well, they, they technically quote unquote, got it. Not, no, no, I'm it's, talking they're like, not, I, right, as, they're, they're not going to get a remake remake. They'll get a, they got the remaster. And I think that's about all yeah. they're going to get. Yeah. But they, they want the, they want the, the yeah. FF seven thing, but, I don't yeah. know any other game that's going to get an FF7 treatment like that. I couldn't I couldn't tell you another one that's well loved enough. I would say that 6 would get it before 8 would get it. Yeah, or 10. Or 10. Well, 10 10 they re I don't know that it's really needs a remake. No, no, I don't think so either, but I'm just saying I, in terms they, of popularity. Right, because they they've remastered that one so many times. I don't know that they can really remake it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So any, uh, any final thoughts, Jen? Um, 
I think overall, like you said, this is not a game that I would continue playing just because of the junctioning system. I really wish that it was more similar to like Final Fantasy VII, where I, I liked what I saw so far enough where I would probably keep playing it. Um, I appreciate the upgrade in in the graphics, which sounds dumb to say, but I don't know, it looked it looked pretty good overall. I just wish that the most important part of the game wasn't total garbage to me, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, anyone that loves it. I'm sorry. Uh, I agree, I agree with you. I understand what you mean. I'm with you. All right, I guess we should give it some scores then. Uh, Mark, what do you give it? Um, this game is a solid like three out of five. Um, it, it it functions well. It's not it's not it's not god awful. I mean, a six out of ten is pretty good. Yeah. You know, um, there's nothing really broken about it. Um, in terms My, of, y- y- you know what I mean. There's right, nothing. The game like, itself, right? The game itself works. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Broken. The systems within the game are broken, but you know, there's no. The story is actually semi-interesting, if yet confusing. Part of it only makes sense if you go with the fan theory after disc one. Um, and, you know, just it, there's some ideas that did bleed over um, going forward. Uh, but I'm glad uh, they finally went away from the stoic asshole lead character to the ones after this just being dumbasses. <laughs> like Zidane and Titus. You know, up until Lightning, mm-hmm. the yeah. main character of the game is just <clears throat> stupid and not a jerk. <laughs> like, they should have made, like, the character that should have been the main character in 12 would have been a hearkening back to this. You know, if they would have if they would have had Bash be the character um, instead of Vane or Ron, whatever the hell the stupid kid's name is. Um, but, you know, that that's essentially... Everything about this game was like a turning point for 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 Square. Um, they were like, ah, fuck, we we turned it up to eleven. Uh, we probably shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> let's ease it down a little bit. Um, and then nine is the most underrated game because most people didn't play it because of the clusterfuck this game was um, when it was released. Um, so yeah, two out of five, six out of ten is fine. Um, you know, you could probably get me into a seven, but a six is probably where it rests with me. Okay. Jen, how about you? I was actually going to give it a three out of five as well, because I feel like giving it anything lower, it's not really, like Mark just said, the the junctioning system sucks, but at least the game allows you to break it, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, there's a <laughs> yep. way to win the game really unfairly, but at least you can get around the really crappy aspect of the game. So, and... And again, what I saw was pretty good, except for that one part. So I can't really fault it for anything less than that. So I'm going to go with the three out of five as well. Yep. Uh, yep. We're going to go threes across the board. I'm giving it a three out of five as well. Like every both of them said, it's not broken. It's a Final Fantasy. So it gives it some clout <laughs> already for me. So, uh, yeah, so three out of five. I hope to eventually like do a play through of all of the final fantasies at some point i might i might skip one just because i've seen a playthrough of it and it looks like a nightmare mm-hmm. just because of it just because of how old it is but eventually i think i'd like to play through them all mm-hmm. i've i've dabbled in enough that i would think i would like to go through all of them but yeah three out of fives for all of us yeah. so let's hope we get something different this week let us spin the wheel 
Okay. We got something different. Oh boy. Final Fantasy Eleven. <laughs> We're playing Metroid Ooh. for the NES. Ooh. Nice. Oh boy. I want to hear Jen's opinion on this game. Oh, I so, watched this game a few times. Oh, okay. So, so Jen, this is not Super Metroid. This is the original Metroid for the NES. I think I still watched it, but not as many times. Never mind. So, yeah. So something you're going to need is a piece of paper and a pen to draw yourself a map in this game. There's no map. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could you could see if there's one on the Internet. Is that right? I don't I think it's random every time. I could be wrong about oh, that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. but nothing can be as confusing as the uh, Castlevania 2 map that I found. No, for Tom. No. Definitely. Yes, this is true. This is true. It's all looking up from there. But I'm just glad we got a we got a different kind of game for once. Yeah, I haven't actually tried to play Metroid in a long time. Me either. I I don't know. I've I might have played it like once. So this should be interesting. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm really happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we got in a rut there where everything was an RPG or a racing game and we needed something different. Yeah, Jen's so. going to come back in two weeks and just be like, so I beat Metroid. <laughs> I was up to I four in the morning that. doing it. Honestly, Jen, you it. might this might be another game you might want to try to beat. Yeah. Like, because I know you tried so hard to beat, um, what's it called? Bionic Commando. This is kind of the same vein. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. It should, be, it should be cool to finally have a <laughs> an NES game. We haven't played an NES game in a long time. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, before we get out of here, Mark, you want to let everybody know about all of our other projects we got going on right now? So first thing before I announce, you know, all of our stuff, uh, be sure to check out the uh, Game Ball Pod Twitter account. Uh, the poll should be going up today, unless you've already done it, Tom, um, for our next game for Thursday nights. Um, I'm going to be playing through one of the Paper Marios, whether it's regular paper, Super Paper Mario or Paper Mario and a Thousand Year Door. Um, so be sure to vote on that poll, and then uh, we'll have some fun with some wholesome uh, RPG made for children um, <laughs> on Thursdays and uh, have some fun. So anyway, uh, we're D&D Podcast Stranger Damies. Uh, we just finished the session yesterday, um, so that would be session number three or four? Four? I God, I hate four. I, four, yeah. Um Maybe. Yeah, so uh, hopefully we did something crazy and uh, it was fun. Yay! And, and <laughs> yay us in the future slash past. <laughs> and, and, and only Dan's character died. Yep, um, that was great, wasn't it? it was, he he yeah. only died three times in one one go. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, after not getting hit in the last game. Yep. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's it's every other Sunday. So two weeks from. Uh, or 13 days from now will be the next session. It's noon um, on twitch.tv slash pod. You can catch up on any of the podcasts. Um, they will be way behind the actual session, so you may want to um, keep an eye out for the VODs and stuff. will probably be your better bet if you want to stay really close up to date. Um, those are on our podcast services, and then um, I'm trying to do in-between weeks, doing interviews um, you know, with everyone, uh, to just talk about uh, the games going on or answer questions. Didn't have one this last week, just scheduling and timing um, just didn't work out. Um, so, you know, be on the lookout. Uh, next week will be episode four, um, or this th- Wednesday will be episode four. And then next Wednesday, 
be one of my favorite interviews I want to do. Um, and in episode four does a little of the right way to do ru- rules lawyering um, at the table. <laughs> and I just wanted to have a discussion with him uh, about that, about being a DM, because um, he's done it for a couple one shots and also playing a campaign with a different DM that is not me. Um, and just talk about just the idea of rules lawyering at a table and when to do it and, and how to go about doing it. Because the way he did it is perfect in that episode. Um, and it actually helped you guys out a lot. Um, so it's always good to have players that know the rules of the game at the table. Um, not saying you guys didn't. I'm just in general <laughs> saying it's it's a lot better if a player catches a DM making a mistake or forgetting something. Um because it might be the difference between a TPK and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys surviving, um, which I don't think would have happened in this case. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not 100% sure. We probably um, would have gotten close to a TPK. <laughs> somebody would have died. I can uh-huh. say that. For sure. Yeah, it would have been me. Or yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, you two were going up and down. Um, so um, be able to get for that. Um, Thursday is our movie podcast. They called this a movie. Um, you can find us on Spreaker or anywhere else you get podcasts. Um, at the main Damie is the website for that. Um, then that's also the main is where all of our websites, uh, or sorry, where all of our podcasts live on that website along with our writing. So if you just like to do it through a browser, you can listen to everything we have available there. Um, so be sure to check all that out. And, uh, Jen, what, what's our streaming schedule? So we can finally um, mostly solidify our our changes to the streaming schedule that we've been alluding to the last few weeks. Um, so tonight is, like we mentioned, our Retro Roulette stream. So um, we will be playing um, Metroid for the NES. Uh, usually it's around 9 p.m. Eastern time, so please be sure to join. Tom is actually going to be playing, and Mark's always on audio support, and I'm hanging out in the chat. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun stream. It usually is, but I'm extra excited to go back to our super retro roots. So mm-hmm. please join us for that. Um, then Tuesday is always our day off. So Wednesday is Apex After Dark, where we were talking about before we jump on Apex and have a fun time dying a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thursdays is uh, pending a new name, but it will be one of the Paper Mario games, as Mark said. It will will eventually be decided on. So if you want to help us think of one, by all means, please feel free. Um, and then Friday is going to be up in the air, depending on if uh, Jonathan can play, it'll be Monster Hunter Rise. If not, it'll be Friday Fright Fest. So we'll just flip-flop between Dead by Daylight and Monster Hunter Rise, which is totally fine with me. Um, and uh, then the following week, it would be Saturday, since we alternate. Sundays is currently FMV Sundays with Mark. He's still playing through Contradiction Spot the Liar. I'm assuming when you're done playing through that game, Dan might want to jump on and start streaming Breath of the Wild. Yeah, um, whatever. We can he always can even, confirm it with him. He can do it as soon as he wants. I mean, um, unless if everybody is clamoring for it, <laughs> you know, the finish contradiction. Right. If, like, like I said, I, I forget where we said it on one of our streams or something. I was like, if Dan wants to take Sunday and I get a night <laughs> off, I'm not going to say no. That's, yeah, I think we both said it at pretty much yeah. the same time. Like, please feel free. <laughs> take it. It's yours. <laughs> um, but I think he's, you know, if, if you guys are veterans to the stream, you would know that Dan used to make it an appearance quite often on Sundays. Um, and then he retired. So we're, we're trying to get him out of retirement and help me and Mark out. So uh, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be some breath of the wild, which I think would be really good to watch. I know some of our community has been playing through breath of the wild and enjoying it. So that's kind of made us talk about it more frequently recently. So we will keep you posted on that. 
Um, and uh, that brings us back to Mondays. So there you have it. Awesome. Yeah. I, it's going to be a fun few weeks, I think. Uh, we got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we get out of here, I want to also mention that we are an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. If you have any need for uh, retro con- controllers or cables or flash carts or anything like that, uh, feel free to go over there and check them out through the link in our description. If you use that link and purchase something, it gives us a little kickback every single time. And it uh, helps us make these podcasts and streams better for you guys. And I do want to mention uh, they have a a new version of the Brawler 64 pad for the Nintendo 64, the wireless one. It is the Ultra 64 version, which is the like the prototype controller. So if you like black controllers, go check that out. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope everyone out there is staying safe. Uh, Be nice to each other. And for Mark and Jenny, I'm Tom, and we will catch you guys in the next one.